0: Hey guys, this is Doug. Thanks for listening to What's the Hazard. I want to recognize our incredibly generous sponsors, Cheyenne Wolford of Custom Concrete Specialists, John Fallowich, Fallowich Construction Services, Jim Cover, Nebraska Department of Labor On-Site Consultation Group, Danny Arroyo, WorkSafe Consulting, and Building Omaha, a collaboration between the Nebraska Electrical Contractors Association and the IBEW. Thank you, one and all. You are true believers in workplace safety and health, and I appreciate you. All right, let's get into today's episode. Thanks for coming back uh, or for joining us on the first time. So, um, looking forward to having you. July 8th, Friday, uh, the week after the 4th of July, Independence Day celebration. Yeah. Let's show of fingers. Everybody's got got everything. Good. Cam, everything. Good for you, buddy. Um, I hope everybody had a great holiday weekend. I hope you had a safe holiday weekend. Um, as a safety professional, the weekend makes me nervous. Um, but hopefully, everybody came out of it all right and had a good uh, festive celebration. Yeah. So, my guest today is Jim Steele, safety director. You can look in the camera if you yeah. wave to everybody. <laughs> safety director, safety manager, director with uh, Airlight Plastics. Environmental health and safety. Environmental health
1: and safety. Yeah.
0: You are the we're truly we're the E H S professional. Triple
1: threat there. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a big job, man. Yeah.
0: When you think about it, um, how much is encompassed under E H and S? That's a lot. It is. And uh, work comp and DOT and all those other things that kind of creep into this regulatory world. I, I know people that are taking on a bigger and role, sustainability
1: which we may end up talking a little bit about. Yeah. Interesting. That's yeah, huge. Very good.
0: That's, well, the reason I invited you today other than I just enjoy your company and we always have good conversations is um you are um you are a very adventurous guy you seem to really enjoy I mean I can remember you telling me about running triathlons and all of this travel that you do and as a guy that doesn't leave his basement. <laughs> I find that really amazing. And so you had sent an email out recently about a, an event that you're participating in coming up. Right. I was wondering if you would just talk a little bit about that and explain sure. what you're doing and Let's, we can talk about what's what's the hazard that it goes we'll, with this. We'll
1: figure out a way to weave it. We I'm sure there are many, back but to that. Yeah.
0: So tell us a little bit about what you're doing.
1: So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm doing, it's called the Arutum race and it's uh it's a race in the Amazon rainforest. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, let me tell you a little bit about what it's, Supporting first, and then I'll tell you about the event mm-hmm. that that it's uh that, that is in support of it. Uh, so there's uh, an organization called the Pachamama Alliance that I've been affiliated with for about ten years, and and they have a mission of of protecting the Amazon rainforest and protecting the environment uh, overall. But they, they, their mission is that they kind of have a twofold approach to it. Uh, one of them is to empower the indigenous people in the Amazon rainforest to protect themselves from extractive industries like oil and and um, you know timber logging, and logging things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so mining, one of the things, probably. yeah, mining, all of that, anything that would destroy the forest, they would they would you know try to help the indigenous people protect themselves from that, to recognize the risk and to protect themselves from that. And so um, uh, one of the things that, that they, they have done is is uh, set up an industry for them to be able to uh, protect them, to, to, to be able to establish, uh, they have an industry, this industry is dependent on the Amazon rainforest, uh, and it helps you establish property rights and things like that if you have an industry. and. Mm-hmm. And the industry is is ecotourism is being able to get people coming in and visiting and seeing the environment as it is in a pristine state, right? And so last year I went, as you recall, uh, uh, to the to the Amazon on that on one of those adventures and just fell in love with it and fell in love with what they're doing and and the people there. And uh, uh, this year, a friend of mine is the one that leads those uh, those trips, and so. He had the bright idea. He and some other guys that went on a tour said we should do some kind of an athletic competition, and they mentioned that to the Ojibwa men and the the people in the the particular village there, and and that that would be fun. And one thing led to the next, and you can imagine how a conversation like that might go with a bunch of guys, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, right, man. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. We can, we can we can you know we can, so uh, they began to develop this this athletic event, but they wanted it to, to be in support of something. So let me tell you about the thing that it's supporting. I'll tell you about that first, and then we'll get back to the athletic Mm -hmm. event so the the this athletic event that i'm going to tell you about is in support of a thing called Ikiyama nukuri which means uh women guardians of the jungle or something like Mm -hmm. that and uh and what that that program initially started was was helping the women of the amazon uh with uh childbirth they 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 uh typically would go out into the as i understood it they would go out into the amazon jungle essentially if they were pregnant and have their kid and they would come back if they had the kid and they mm-hmm. wouldn't if they didn't i mean they would if they died they would just mm-hmm. be out there and they're in the in the jungle and they didn't they didn't have a real good uh uh childbirth Program whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so new Kari began uh, uh, began to educate them on on a, maybe a better way of childbirth and 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 uh, uh, to h- mm-hmm. how they can look out for one another and and protect the child and protect the mother. Uh, and have successful childbirth. So it it, and I'm not explaining that well, but you it get seems the like idea, a noble right? So, uh, but then that began to evolve, and uh, the women of the Amazon wanted to also begin to take a leadership role in protecting the Amazon mm-hmm. because that is kind of their place in 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 their culture is to protect their home and to protect their to to, uh, to take care of the home and right. in the, in the Amazon
0: Mother Earth. And, and yeah,
1: the- exactly, and that's what Pachamama stands for. So anyway, so they. Uh, this this uh, program began to educate them to become leaders in their community and leaders in their uh, in the, their country and and world leaders on the world platform uh, to teach women how to take that leadership role and to educate them to become leaders in protecting the Amazon rainforest and so uh, the Karee program is there and available uh, to help educate them and lots of the or many of the women uh, have become uh, world leaders in in protecting the Amazon rainforest and protecting the environment so uh uh, this race then all of the money that is uh left over after the expenses goes to the Ikiyama new career program and so uh that's what this athletic event Mm -hmm. is in support of Mm -hmm. but the fun part is the athletic event uh Mm -hmm. is is and so you can imagine these guys talking and and the 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 uh, first thing they talked that we're going to do is is uh is a kayaking event down the Pastaza River, and so we'll hop in a kayak and we're going to race uh, forty kilometers, whatever that is. I don't. You have to do the math. I think it's like whatever twelve miles. <laughs> I don't a, know what it is. A long distance, right. you know. And we're going to race down the Amazon rainforest, uh, ra- race down the Pastaza River, and uh, get to a particular village, and we'll spend the night there. Uh, and we'll experience the culture of that wow. village and Amazing. whatever ceremonies that they do, we'll participate in those kinds of things and, and just get to know the people, uh, okay. in that particular village. Uh, I think it's the next day we may spend a whole day resting or whatever, but, uh, and that the following day we'll, uh, we'll get up and we're going to run our track to the next village, which is about 15 kilometers away. I think 15 miles is 15 something mm-hmm. away. And uh, through the rainforest, they're going to clear a trail so that, that the northerners can <laughs> find Make their, their way, way, way the right. So we're going to be competing against the Ottawa men. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. So when I say compete, I mean, like, get our ass kicked. Is yes. Right. I was gonna say. Right so is it, is this
0: is a team that's coming then from the
1: states no. or a group? Just individuals, whoever wants to sign up. Mm-hmm. You can sign up. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, you can do it. I'm doing it. I'm not an athlete. I yes, call you myself are. an athlete, but I you know, I stand next mm-hmm. to athletes and do things they do, but I'm
0: And so what what happens though? So you're Kayaking. We're gonna kayak. Tracking. We're
1: gonna track fifteen kilometers through, and then the Does next that
0: involve like compass and maps and well, stuff. Well, that's the doing?
1: next thing is orienteering. It's oh my god! The, <laughs> the next day would be, uh, we'll we'll get up and we'll get a map and a compass and three or four spots out in the jungle. We have to go find and check in and make our way back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and like uh, geocaching kind exactly, of thing. Exactly. Something. Yeah, something like that. Right. We gotta oh my gosh, we gotta man. make our way back. So or the the and the Ottawa men. I'm sure we'll just go out and find them, and then they'll right, come back exactly. and find us <laughs> right, and bring right, us back. It's, bring you. Back back (laughs) actually that's uh, their task is to go find
0: you find the americans they have two
1: tasks they have to finish it and then come back and get us Uh and and, you know yeah exactly Um, but uh but then i think it's the next day is some fun stuff like blow darts maybe climbing trees or things like that and so it's just a competition but it's more about just a friendly some guys Mm -hmm. getting together to, to have some fun and and get to know one another and and to learn to respect and Mm-hmm. And, um, so, so tell
0: me about the organization a little, little bit that that you are that you have become affiliated with. Mm-hmm. It's an organization here in the states that is now providing some of that education and training to the women of the Amazon, and right. so that they have a better understanding of globally what
1: that. Right, it's called the Pachamama Alliance. You can look it okay. up. Okay. Uh, they do a number of things. They they basically have two missions. One is is that is to provide this this um, 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 ecotourism, to provide this industry, to help the indigenous people. They they pretty much own it. The indigenous people of the Amazon kind of own this this uh, this whole process, and they weigh in on on all of the decisions that are made mm-hmm. about the ecotourism where where they visit and things like that. And it creates an, an economy around it. If you can imagine that, I mean, we have to mm-hmm. fly planes in. We have to bring food in. We have to, you know, they give us lodging and things like that. So they put us up. And they're paid uh, a living wage for all of the things that they do. Uh, they're paid well and reimbursed well for 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 all of their participation in that. So it creates this monetary um, um, um Way of them to survive in, mm-hmm. the, in the modern world. Right. Uh, and, the, the you know, people would look at that and think, well, you know, you're kind of ruining it by introducing money, things like that. And and I and I can see that. that, But if we don't, then the oil company is going to come in and just give them, here's a million bucks. If you'll just, just move get out aside, of my way. Yeah, just get out of my way, <laughs> right. then they're going to do the same thing. So yeah. money is there and it's yeah. going to be, they're going to be affected by the North. So the question is, what is the best way um, um, for them to be affected by um, showing they're uh by them living the way that they live and mm-hmm. enjoying the environment they enjoy uh protecting the environment that they live in uh so that people can come and experience it and mm-hmm. enjoy it or is it better to wait and let oil and Just everything else take it all mm-hmm. right let it go where it goes so so that's that's one thing that they do and mm-hmm. I, I don't speak on behalf of the pachamama alliance i don't want anybody to get confused if i've messed this up go read mm-hmm. about it mm-hmm. you'll 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 get a better understanding. But. But they, so they do that. The other thing is that they, uh, the, the, the indigenous people have asked uh, the people of the Pachamama Alliance, all of us, to go back and try to change the dream of the modern world. And the dream of the modern world is that we can consent, continue to live in this linear economy kind of a state where we extract, we produce, uh, we use, and we throw away. Uh, and that's our economy and as it exists now. And there's only so much you can extract and throw away mm-hmm. uh, before you run out of the things to extract and right. the places to throw it away. And, right. you know, one good question is what is a way when you throw something away, where, where is that? that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where
0: is that? Out of sight. Out of sight. <laughs> yeah. Put <laughs> it in it. someone
1: else's backyard right. or it ends up in the ocean or it ends up mm-hmm. wherever it ends up. And, and uh, uh, so, so they've asked us the Pachamama Alliance to, change the dream of the modern world which is a a, an audacious Mm. ask and commitment to do Mm -hmm. uh, as you can imagine so uh, there's a lot of educational resources that are available uh, on their website for educating the people of the modern world there's a lot of speakers that go around and and they make uh, just information available and and classes and things like that trying to change uh, how people perceive uh our place on this planet mm-hmm. you know we're we're uh, part of the environment we're all no connected doubt. in that way, right? Yeah. So
0: I think everything is interconnected. I don't know on a higher level what that means necessarily, but there's no yeah. doubt that everything.
1: Right. Well, it's a planet. tiny little planet it's that's just like a little marble in the middle of uh, right. black space, exactly. and we're riding around on this rocket ship, treating it as though, you know, yeah. like we're teenagers in their in their first mm-hmm. hot rod car. Mm-hmm. You know, we
0: yeah, we know we how that turns yeah. out. <laughs> exactly. <That's right.
1: laughs> There's not a lot of gear. so. Anyways,
0: this is so. So, um, so the first trip that you went down to the Amazon was that a year ago or so when mm-hmm. you were down there? Yeah, before? it was
1: actually a year in September.
0: And it was it with this organization? Yes. Yep. And So you had been involved with the organization yeah prior to this trip uh, mm-hmm. and that was just an opportunity for then you go down and actually live and see what it was they were talking about
1: exactly yeah
0: and tell tell me, tell me a little bit about that trip man i remember you sharing some pictures you sent me some photos of the trip right. and stuff that were uh what what countries are we talking about
1: uh, ecuador ecuador yeah. Yeah. okay so we're flying in and out of ecuador okay. kind of the headwaters to the amazon okay and um uh, so, yeah, so I've, uh, I've been involved with them for like 10 years. And this buddy of mine, Steve um, mm-hmm. uh leads these journeys, but he initially got involved uh, in, in putting on the seminars that they do to try to change the dream of the modern world. Mm-hmm. And he just asked me for some help. And I kind of carried the camera or whatever. I carried the, the briefcase mm-hmm. and, and laid the paperwork out and, you know, did whatever it was he needed. And, and uh while he did those presentations and and really uh began just was very very interested in what they're doing and how they're doing it and Mm -hmm. began to make whatever contributions that i make and and uh so you're just listening listening in in on him and actually absorbing
0: a little bit and thinking that's something i can get behind
1: man i can get behind that and i can support that so So the
0: trip to the amazon ecuador was so they've
1: always had that yeah they've been they've done that for for years and and uh uh yeah so and steve had Gone several times, invited me to go, and I was kind of in my, I'm not, you know, a little afraid. I wasn't quite as adventurous when he and I first hooked up on mm-hmm. that, and I've become much more adventurous as you you have, yeah, over time. Hopefully, we can talk about that how how you go about making that transition. I Good think for
0: you, yeah, that's, I think
1: that's something that'll. So this kind of this fascinates
0: out. me because I'm a coward <laughs> on most levels. Right. You know, um, going to Kansas makes me nervous. Right. You know, I drove through Kansas on the way to Kansas City. I was it just freaks me out being out of my domain you know my familiarity I, I just i'm a creature of habit so every time you tell me about one of these adventures i think oh i'm so envious that you have that spirit and you've and um, even when talking about the triathlons and things and that this was something that you've evolved into it's mm-hmm. not something that you were necessarily doing yeah, as a younger was, man couch potato mm-hmm. man. and you have grown into this so this race are you training for the race I are you preparing am, in some I'm, way for I'm this i'm
1: actually training at it i i i trained much harder getting ready for that iron man that i did mm-hmm. obviously and and uh more enthusiastically trained but because i was afraid i was thinking about that yesterday i was like why can not i get myself going for this and i'm ki- i went kayaking for six miles yesterday nice. so yeah so that you know nice. that's something yeah and i'm um, running uh, back up to where there like miles. piranhas
0: and stuff in the water where you were kayaking yesterday or is
1: that, <laughs> no, no, that no, going to be the
0: case That or
1: well, they, no. They, well, there are piranha there, but piranha actually just eat dead flesh. They don't okay. eat. You know, as long as you keep moving, they'll leave you alone. <laughs> okay, <goodness. laughs> you know, sit still too long. Okay, I suppose, yeah, but no doubt.
0: Know. So don't knock yourself yeah, out when you tip the kayak out.
1: over. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Keep moving. But uh, yeah, so what, what was your question? Was we well, just how were you preparing for this? Yeah, all I'm right. just doing that. I'm just I'm. You've been I'm, running, just
0: general physical preparedness.
1: Running, I've started running over at Neal Woods, running up and down mm-hmm. through all the, the hills there. I figure mm-hmm. that's probably as close as I'll get to anything in the Amazon in Nebraska. <laughs> my like backyard, Woods, you can run through right? my backyard. Was oh, that pretty weedy?
0: Oh, that's where all this poison ivy <laughs> comes from.
1: <laughs>
0: awesome, uh, and so um, I uh, like the um, orienteering. Is that? Yeah. Orienteering.
1: I've never done that. I have no idea. That is interesting.
0: I used to go to, um, Ketico provincial park up in Canada. It's just North of the boundary waters in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. It's a huge, uh, water. I was going to say water park. That's, that's not the right description, but it's rivers and lakes and portages. And it's just, it's pristine. You know, there aren't many people up there. And I used to, I would go up there with a buddy of mine and he was really good with topos Mm -hmm. and compasses and stuff. And I was totally lost the whole time. It it actually, if something would have happened to him, I would still be up there (laughs) because I could not, you know, we'd lay out this topo and he'd take this compass and we were at a, a put in point. We'd put our canoe in the water, load it up Uh and he'd go, okay, we need to go over there, paddle over there. And I'm like, (laughs) what's over? I mean, you know, I was just, you know, when we, is there a sign, we'd be in big water and we would <laughs> paddle and we would always be within 10 or 15 feet of the portage. Right. So how do you do that? <sighs> I, I have, I don't have that ability.
1: I anymore. don't know that I do either. I think they're going to come find me. I'm going go to go find a cool place that, and sit down and look and watch and, mm-hmm. you know, and wait for them to come get me. <laughs> it sounds awesome. And so yeah.
0: when you went down there the first time, uh, you know, just, I mean, is it, Shocking. I mean, obviously, there's a socioeconomic difference. You're not stepping into a 4,000 square foot air conditioned.
1: Right. Well, here's the thing. Here's what really struck me. That's a really good question. Here's what struck me about that is that the people that live there aren't wanting for anything. Mm -hmm. Their kids are healthy and lively and running around. You probably saw one of the videos of the Mm -hmm. chasing kids around this one field, you know, outside their their little schoolhouse. And they're not wanting for anything. They're not, they're not, they don't need anything. Yes. They don't need anything. Uh, They don't need cell phones. They don't need any of the things that we think we couldn't get by without. Mm -hmm. Right. And they just. Uh, and they're very, uh, peaceful. the women of the
0: Amazon don't drive suburbans.
1: No, no, the, <laughs> <laughs> the, not the housewives, the mad housewives or whatever, yeah. the, <laughs> but they, yeah. So, so I, I yeah, they, as far as a culture shock for me, it was, it was really kind of felt like camping maybe it was, you know, if you went out somewhere, it's not like a campground necessarily, but, um, but yeah, it felt like, um, you know, you were living, um, living with people that, um, that, um, That lived in nature, really. They and very they're friendly. very
0: generous people. It sounds yeah, like, I mean, yeah, they were they're welcoming,
1: very kind and welcoming. And, and, uh, there are some cultures. I did have one event that happened that kind of freaked me out a bit. And, and, uh, we went to this one village and in his, in, in a lot of these villages, they, the, the men obviously take the front leading role. They're warriors. They were warriors, uh, up until, you know, almost our lifetime, 50 mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were literally warriors that fought one another and tribe, mm-hmm. tribal communities and things like. That and so uh, they still have a lot, as you would imagine, have a lot of uh, their day-to-day activities are born of that kind of a place. They come mm-hmm. from that place, and and they're still real apparent. and And this one particular village we went to and had had uh, a couple of meals there and 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 did some ceremonies with them. Uh, uh, when we got there, they they had all of the visitors are on one side of the the uh, the hut. And the men, uh, the leaders in the community, sit along the middle facing the visitors who are along the wall, and then behind them are the women. And the women are, are uh, keeping the fire going and doing some uh, chicha, making some. Yeah, I'll tell you about chicha in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, keeping that uh, going and doing the things that they do. But the idea was that the men were protecting the the women in their village, and they they're they're greeting you and welcoming you. But the leader has his whatever. I assume it's his favorite weapon. And this particular leader had a gun laying on his lap. And and I don't, we don't understand them. They're talking. They're speaking in Ochwa, And then we have a guy that speaks Ochwa in Spanish. And then we have someone that speaks Spanish and English, oh my right? So that's kind of how you communicate. Right. And, uh, and at first this guy was very boisterous and loud and, you know, and, and, and friendly and laughing with his buddies, but you kind of felt like maybe you were in a biker bar and these guys are all laughing and communicating mm-hmm. in a way you don't understand. And they're talking about what they're about to do to you. You know, mm-hmm. I, whatever reason I got this fear thing going when I saw the gun mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and,
0: uh, and the lines drawn.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the lines drawn and you're there and we're here and, and what is this about? And, and so um, you know, I st- and then he looked at. I thought he looked at me <laughs> and started laughing and saying something. So I'm thinking this in my mind is just coming up. And now I got a story. You know how you get a story in your head? Oh yeah. And then you believe that story, and then you start finding all the facts that confirm that story. Yeah. And I'm thinking this thing is going to go bad. I'm sitting on the end yeah. of my and and uh, uh, turned out the guy was just extremely friendly. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I just miss. I, I, I was watching. the story in my head was was a little wrong. <laughs> I didn't you- do anything stupid, but. But Have you I ever
0: seen the movie The Rundown with The Rock?
1: Mm-mm.
0: So this is a movie I I'm, I'm sorry to it's That's all right. Not totally off topic, but he goes to South America. Mm-hmm. The Rock is kind of a bounty hunter guy, whatever. He goes to South America to retrieve the son of this client of his and this guy is living basically in the jungle mm-hmm. in a very uh very modest community down in South America, same thing. And um You know, he's down there, and they encounter, as he's trying to apprehend and bring this guy back, they encounter this indigenous tribe of people, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't speak the language, obviously. The Rockies, English only. And so the kid that he's trying to bring back is interpreting, and he's telling (laughs) him, he goes, oh, make eye contact, make eye contact, you need to make eye contact. If you look away, they, you know, it, it offends them. And then they show the, the, the tribesmen, the native tribesmen, the indigenous, right. like, you know, they're kind of subtitling it. This asshole staring at me. What you know, <laughs> he just keeps, he's like, don't break eye contact, don't break eye contact. And he's like, I'm going to cut this guy's throat, you know what I mean? It, and it's just hilarious because it's much like what you just described. Uh, it's exactly There's like really, that. You know, the communication is poor and you don't know that, you know, that it's maybe I'm scary. offending him or am I doing something wrong? Or, right. That is so funny, man.
1: I had to keep telling myself they invited us here. Yeah, we're 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 guests, and so
0: and so and these are they've participated then in developing this. The eco race and stuff. They've been involved uh-huh. in setting yeah. up some of
1: these events. The guys are all involved now in So this is the very first one. We don't know how this thing's going to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could go terribly bad. I suppose. But are there medical I doubt it. But Yes. The yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> We're not planning this out at all. Yeah, it's gonna. We'll get a kayak. We we'll get there. There'll be one somewhere. I'm sure. Yeah, there's <laughs> we'll a doctor around somewhere. So no, it's well planned. So uh, they've hired an individual that 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 does these extreme events, and mm-hmm. that's what they do. They're right. all about safely, you know, right. putting on an extreme event. And and considering all the risk, and which actually segues into safety, it maybe does. we talk a little bit about that. Well, um, when
0: we talk about what's the hazard, I can envision a number of hazards. Oh, yeah. with you know going. An area that you're not familiar with and doing an adventure.
1: That's really what safety is all about, and it's about it's not about whether or not you can do something. It's simply about how you go about it, right? Right? And how can can I do this most safely? Yeah. How can I safely and efficiently do you know a quality job and at work and for this is how can I safely uh, have a great adventure? Absolutely. And uh, and it's
0: it's constant. So this whole concept of risk assessment that we do all day, every day. mm -hmm. People, I'm not sure that people realize it. And some people don't do it very well, in my opinion. But we are right. constantly doing risk assessments when yeah. you're driving, yeah. when you're eating, when you're working around your house, whatever, yeah. you know, when you're traveling. Exactly. It's a yeah. risk assessment.
1: You're making decisions rather than not, you know, is this an acceptable level of risk for me? And, Absolutely. And so, um, you know, I, I it would not be an acceptable level of risk for me just to go out and, you know, hop in a kayak unplanned and everything else. But it's well planned. Mm-hmm. Um, um, they they have, We'll have GPS trackers on us or I don't know if it's GPS. So yeah, it'd be GPS trackers mm-hmm. on us and satellite trackers, and so they'll know within a few feet exactly where, where we are, are the whole are. time. And if they something could were to there's a button I guess you can press that you know if you get <laughs> the, freaked out the first come, alert. Yeah, My exactly. Mom has one of those. So she, yeah, uh, help! I fall, I can't get
0: up. Kind exactly. Of a, <laughs> something. So. So um, what was this a ch- chicha or whatever you were talking about? You were
1: gonna. Oh yeah. What? <laughs> They. Kind of that's a drink, the... yeah. It's a drink that they all that at least in the Ojibwa villages that I went that they are constantly drinking chicha. They don't drink water. They don't drink much mm-hmm. of. it. Is it but a it's, a, fermented? It's a fermented drink, drink is mm-hmm. what it is. But the way they get it to ferment is that they they eat certain leaves or whatever that go into it. They chew them up and then spit them into this vat, mm-hmm. and they do that all day. And they just keep these vats of chicha going, and they drink it and serve it. And mm-hmm. and uh, I couldn't bring myself to drink it last time. I think I will this You'll time. Have to drink it's, it this time it's, it's not alcoholic. I uh, it's it it's it's but it is fermented it's kind of like understand. a I mean, kombucha it, or whatever that you buy at yeah. the store or whatever mm-hmm. it's like that
0: good for your gut
1: yeah that's what they say uh-huh.
0: and it's pre-digested <laughs> to some degree if they've been chewing on it
1: <laughs> that's right you
0: don't even have to waste enzymes to digest it uh, yeah exactly
1: it's a interesting, processed interesting, food. And it's was their the version food. of processed food yeah was the well, food good couple things they they so they fly in a lot of food so you okay. end up eating a lot of things that you would but a lot of things come right out of the jungle and yeah it was really good we had and when we were set up with the one village where the individual had the gun in his lap they set out these banana leaves in front of us i can i think i sent you a picture of that and they have all of the things that they typically eat there was fish and there was all of the vegetables and vegetation that you would eat from the jungle and and there were grubs Mm that was the most impressive thing that was there is this bowl full of grubs that were squirming around Mm -hmm. and and uh, they're they're heart of palm grubs. I think they're mm-hmm. called.
0: They're, they have a kind of a nutty taste. I'm
1: told. Yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> at least that's what Bear Grylls tells of, me on television. It's like
1: bacon. It was. It was. was it? It had a little bit of that. It's greasy, is what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't eat one live. Some of the one of the, the other guys that I was with ate one live, mm-hmm. but I yeah I had to cook mine. Mm-hmm. So
0: I don't enjoy food that tastes me as well. You know, <laughs> like as I'm eating it, it's tasting me. You right.
1: Know, I'm not, I, yeah. I
0: needed my food prepared, uh, but. But on the so, other hand, you, but
1: the fish. You want to partake
0: of this experience? I mean,
1: yeah, get yeah. the whole get the so whole it, Yeah, I ate as much as I could make myself, and it was nice. yeah, kind of. The fish was good, and the, I'm trying to think what else was there. I can't even name half of the stuff. A lot, mm-hmm. Like a potato type of a, mm-hmm. a, a of a vegetable. So and so, yeah. how
0: long will you be down there? How long will this is like a t- two seven week or seven, seven days, seven
1: days? I think it's the 21st to the 28th, something like that. In, so in Ecuador,
0: I mean, what month? When is it? Oh,
1: I'm sorry, September. In September, September. Okay, yeah.
0: and so, are you fundraising for this? Yes,
1: yeah, actually, so we are, and and I can post something out there about that. There's can four put ways. Some
0: stuff on my website. All we right. can put it on the I think in the episode notes. Cam can put some information in there.
1: All right. I'm asking for people to support in four, four ways. One is like, whatever you can support me, you know, emotionally or whatever, whatever you call that. I, you know, go (laughs) Jim. You can do this.
0: You can do this. (laughs) Yeah
1: would be that don't follow, give up follow me on it uh if you know anybody that that would want to do this thing have mm-hmm. them uh sign up that ask you know if you have anybody that i say athletes but they don't i'm not an athlete much mm-hmm. I, you know I, I work at it but but uh but if you can run around the block you can get ready by september to do what we're gonna do mm-hmm. right so uh so if this intrigues you at all come come join us we, we have room for 20 i'm not sure how i think we had four or five the last i i saw Mm-hmm. Um, so come join us, uh, would be the second way. The other way would be if you know anybody that wants to support the Ikiyama Nukuri program, uh, that, if that resonates with you to make, uh, maybe a charitable contribution to them, Mm -hmm. um, and directly to
0: the organization, directly to them,
1: all of the money that's raised, uh, that I am paying all of my own expenses, uh, so, um, if you make a donation through my website that I'll put out there, all of that goes straight to the Ikea i okay. program. It doesn't, terrific. It doesn't offset my expenses at all. I've you, I'm gonna, you I'm are willingly
0: in. absorbing those. Yeah, yourself. I'm
1: paying that myself, okay. and so that's my contribution. Is okay. is that plus I get to do this thing, right? Yeah. So, um, and but, just
0: have experiences that you will, yeah. cherish for a lifetime. I'm that's, sure. That's I mean, right. these are.
1: Yeah. So, and that's, that's really it. So, uh, support it. it seemed like there was a fourth thing that I had listed there, but I can't remember what it was, but yeah, if you have any athletes, uh, if you want to support them, uh, then, then do that. I guess that was it. Yeah.
0: Okay. So. I love that. I, I think I know her dad's got a deep pockets, but even Fletcher <laughs> safety is willing to, uh, I love the idea and you know, um, it seems like there are so many worthy charitable mm-hmm. efforts You know, I can remember back when I was with the government, we used to every year, we would get that United Way campaign, and there'd be thousands of different charities that you could donate some money to. Right. And it was always hard to select one, unless you had something specifically in your life, you know, maybe a family member who'd had a certain disease or something that, you know, that you were wanted to contribute to. But you know, having a connection to these things is also very cool. Right, know. and to
1: the people that you're trying to help. So the th- one thing I really like about this, too, and what I like about the Panchamama Alliance is it's they, they're not going there to help them. Mm-hmm. In fact, the indigenous people basically said, if you're coming here to help us, then save your time and, and mm-hmm. don't come. But if you're coming here to partner with us, uh, to save ourselves because we're all connected, mm-hmm. uh, then we're all in. We'll partner with you, mm-hmm. and like uh, and so that's really what it's about. And that's the Ikiamenu Creek program is a real good example of that. That they're educating themselves and learning what they need to do and what do I need to know to be able to protect the Amazon what is it that the north is doing what is that all about so that they're very well educated and they can speak to those things Mm -hmm. and they can negotiate and one of the things that I like about that that the women are doing it is it just starts from a different place it shifts the paradigm of the conversation uh that you know most things end the way they start right and if you start the conversation two guys you know and we're adversarial about what it is that's going on then we're going to deal with it the way guys deal with it. But mm-hmm. when you introduce the feminine kind of a approach to it, mm-hmm. uh, it comes from an entirely different direction. It changes mm-hmm. the course, I think, of mm-hmm. the conversation. It's more reasonable and, and pragmatic. Perhaps, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, It's not about who's got the biggest spear, you know. Right, right. And so yeah. um, so that's one of the a couple of things I really like about that. But the, the overall um, uh, idea with the Pachamama Alliance is that they're not going there to help them. They're not going there to dig a well. They're not going there to I change see. their mind. They're not going to fix their poverty. Which they yeah. don't necessarily have. I mean, that, right. if if you if you counted the number of, of of gadgets they have, I suppose they're impoverished. Mm-hmm. But if you count their blessings, I don't think that they would be far. That's an interesting
0: and, comment, man. Yeah. That's a very interesting comment, and and I appreciate their position. Don't come here to help us. Come here to partner with us, right. or you know, from a sustainability standpoint of the you know of the right. Amazon or whatever that might be. I think. It's easy to look at people who have less, perhaps economically or mm-hmm. and think that they are needy. Right. You know, they may be more content, more happy, more genuinely um, fulfilled than oh, yeah. you no know, big money guy that, you know, I think thinks I, the, I know
1: some very miserable rich people. Absolutely. You know, and I know some very and very, very, very happy yeah. people who, people that who live, in in live simply. Right.
0: Maybe don't have all that gadgetry and technology who were perfectly content
1: in fact i i enjoy spending more time with people that aren't all about their their stuff mm-hmm. that's a know? really interesting comment yeah, i don't i don't really care yeah, that.
0: it's arrogant to think that everybody wants to be like you you know like <laughs> you know just because you've got that you know whatever yeah you know stuff and everybody wants my stuff and <laughs> I, i'm not a, i don't agree with that you know right. I'm, i've always chosen a more simple life i mean other than my clothes you can tell I'm a clothes horse, but <laughs> <laughs> I had this shirt on like three weeks in a row. I haven't actually changed it, but you know, I think that's interesting. And so I appreciate that of them having said that. All right. That's, that's very thoughtful. It's
1: a really good organization. So if you want to support good. it, I, I would really encourage you to do that. I think how much time do we have? Do we do, can we get into safety stuff? Absolutely. Or
0: Let's do it. Yeah. We what got, we, we got some time. What are, what My phone doesn't even work. But <laughs>
1: I turn mine off. My gadgets and thing will ring, don't work. I'm Start singing songs to us.
0: Yeah, we've got some time, man. Let's so talk was, a little bit about safety and how the evolution of of a safety professional maybe or well, how one you of the have things involved.
1: that occurred to me and I thought maybe we could segue the two and we'll see how that works. Mm-hmm. But is is uh, you know it's just the evolution of of me as a person uh, and me professionally and mm-hmm. I think that this is true generally for people mm-hmm. is that you kind of have the first half of life, second half of life. Uh, mm-hmm. mindset and, mm-hmm. and kind of the first half of life, uh, professionally and, and, and just personally is, is all, of, it tends to be all about, uh, the dual kind of a thinking what's right and wrong, good and bad, you know, up and down mm-hmm. it's all what's, you know, what Defining things and judging things, and and then you spend an inordinate amount of time making sure that that I'm on the good side of whatever the dual thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's bad and good. Okay, well I'm I'm I'm. Oh, I look like I might be bad. I better change some things so I can be on the good mm-hmm. side of that one. And then here's another one. Oh, what, where I'm at with that. And I'm on the good or right side of that. And so you live your life trying to do that professionally and safety. You're constantly trying to figure out who's right and wrong in a conversation, and the anxiety starts building and meetings or whatever because they want to do something and and it doesn't quite strike me right. And so it's right, wrong thing. Where am I at? Am I right or wrong? Are they right or wrong? And I got to figure that out so that I can prove that they're Mm -hmm. wrong and I'm right, you know? Uh, And, and you get tired of that after a while, I think Mm -hmm. I found, and, and you just, you know, you start serenity goes, well, you know, you want to give up the fight. You want to just drop your hands. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of when you're getting into the second half of life is Mm -hmm. uh, the second half of your career and you start becoming a little more wise about it. You know, and you start realizing that it isn't all about that. It has all nothing about to being do being right or
0: wrong yeah. necessarily.
1: Has nothing to do with any of that. It's 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 bigger than that. Yeah. It's much much bigger than that.
0: That's an and, enormous concept, man. And but, I and it's interesting because we talked about a little bit about this before we started recording. Right. I think <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. We'll see <laughs> when There's this a couple better not show uh, up. Some of the things later. we may want to edit out of there. But <laughs> I think. I have one of the real pleasures of my professional life has been the opportunity to observe other safety professionals evolve. Mm-hmm. And this is very true, like, for example, even in OSHA. Mm-hmm. You know, when a new compliance officer comes into OSHA, they are gung ho. They are, you know, I've got the book, now I've got an enforcement position, and I'm going to go out there and make sure that everybody's following these rules. Right. And they're very eager, and they're probably overly enthusiastic, and they cite the hell out of the regulations. And you just sit back as a more senior person and just kind of just, like, you know this is part of the evolution. Right. And eventually they will hit a peak where that whole compliance thing Starts to level off and then it actually recedes. And it's not all about just compliance. It's more about just, you know, taking care of your people,
1: mm-hmm. whatever yeah.
0: that means. Or, right. you know, even in life, you mentioned, you know, personally and professionally, these lines kind of parallel each other, this right. evolution.
1: Well, they have to. I mean, you, it's not like you're all, all of a sudden a different awareness. You're a different person when you right. walk into work. You bring mm-hmm. the same triggers and the same fears and the same whatever it is that makes you tick. Yeah, both right. You bring yeah. the same bucket of water. So yeah, um, uh,
0: yeah I I. Uh, so how how where, how do you see that play out in your professional and personal life? If you know, if well, you care I, to share I, that. I mean, how, how, how I have think, you seen that? You're not. You don't have to be right all the time anymore. Or?
1: Yeah, it's it's hard to give that up. <laughs> it is. But here's the, how I did it. So uh, I started working with another group. I won't mention them. But but I started working with this other group that that uh, hired a life coach essentially, mm-hmm. and she really kind of opened my eyes to this concept that that a uh, couple things. One is that we tend to do things. Um, Because of the experience that we think we're going to have, that we envision, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, I want to go to the Amazon rainforest. I don't want to go to the Amazon rainforest because I want to go to the Amazon rainforest. I want to go to the Amazon rainforest for the experience I anticipate having with the Amazon, right? And and I want to. I did an Ironman, and I didn't want to do an Ironman. I can tell you, I didn't want to do an Ironman. It's like. You kidding me you're gonna swim for two miles and and then bike for 100 and whatever it is 20 miles and then get off and do a marathon yeah sign I up too. for that so but i wanted the experience of what that would be like right mm-hmm. what what would the being able to finish that and 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 if you want to do those things then um um What I what this this person taught me to do was to try to bring what is it that you want to experience, first of all, Mm -hmm. and I want mine were uh, I want to well, let me let me back up a little bit that you can only approach anything from two places, you can approach things from uh, kind of an expansive giving place or love, if you wanted to call it that, or you can approach things from kind of an egocentric right or wrong, uh, fear based Uh, Place, so you can come at it from love or fear, right? Those are your Mm -hmm. two choices. Mm -hmm. Those are your only two choices, really, and you're operating from one or the other all the time. And so the trick is, and when you're in one, you can't see the other. It seems like it's kind of like that optical illusion that it's a it's a pretty woman or it's an old maid or it's a duck or Mm -hmm. a Uh, rabbit. You've seen those things, right? Yes, absolutely. And when you're seeing one, you can't see the other, and it's and it's kind of like that anyway. So. uh, uh, so I'm trying not to go too deep. No, you're okay, man. Absolutely. Uh, but, uh, so, so what she trained, what she taught me to do, what this, this organization taught me to do was to, uh, first of all is identify what is it that I want? What are some of the love based, um, type emotions that I want to experience? And one was adventure, joy, and confidence. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, those are three mm-hmm. things that you want to bring that you want to, the experience you want to have. I want to have joy, confidence, and adventure. So what you do is in the morning I wake up, I look at my plan for the day and I look at all the things that I have to do that day. And I ask myself, how do I bring joy, uh, confidence and adventure to that? Right. Mm -hmm. And usually the answer doesn't occur to you, but just ask, you go through it and ask. And sometimes the answer occurs to you. At one point when I knew this thing was working, I was making reservations to go travel for work. And I thought, well, maybe I could, you know, how could I bring joy or confidence to that? and the the answer was like well maybe i could do airbnbs maybe i could stay out in the woods somewhere maybe i could. and so i started looking and researching and pretty soon i came up with a really adventurous way to work travel at work and people uh-huh. all think i'm on vacation all the time <laughs> right. but really i'm just go i'm at work i just happen to after work i'm on a lake in a cabin or whatever you know That's fantastic. and so i bring a broad adventure to that um And also they taught me that once, uh, every couple of hours, uh, they said just routinely through the day, what I do is every couple of hours, I have a little alarm that goes off and it reminds me to check in. Am I bringing joy and confidence and adventure to the moment? Am I doing that right now? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is no, well, what could I do now to bring that? And I try to do that. I try to imagine what that would look like. And if it occurs to me then I do it, but otherwise it just brings me back to that. So I throughout the day, and what that does professionally, I is I'll give you a good example. My little alarm went off when I'm sending an email. I'm sending an email to a guy that was wrong about something, Mm -hmm. right? And my email was all about how wrong he was and how right I was, right? And I'm going to really just tell this. And I got spatter going. you know, The keyboard, (laughs) smoke coming up, smoking coming off the keyboard, and my little alarm goes off, and I'm (laughs) and then (laughs) I there's that damn (laughs) joy
0: alarm again.
1: Exactly. So I. I stop for a minute. And I force myself to stop. Took a few breaths and they say it takes about ninety seconds. When you're in that mindset, you're you're producing these endorphins, these chemicals in your head mm-hmm. that are creating more of it, right? They're just they're making you all crazy. Mm-hmm. And so it takes about 90 seconds. Once you've stopped the process for a moment, it takes about ninety seconds to metabolize those. So you give yourself a couple of minutes. If you're in that mode, you do some deep breathing some or whatever. Breathing. Yep. And then you look and ask, okay, how could I bring joy and confidence and connectedness to this? And I'm looking at the email, thinking, "Well, it wouldn't be by pressing send on that, right?"
0: <laughs> of course, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, how would I do that more? Uh, how would I? How would I bring joy, or confidence, or connectedness, connectedness in this case, to that? And the answer was, well, maybe I would just walk down to their office and have a chat. Mm-hmm. That probably would be a better, a, better you know, a better way to do it. So I did. And it turned out my whole thought about what it was that he said was totally wrong. I mean, I was just way out in left field mm-hmm. somewhere with my story that was in my head. And uh, so what I ended up creating with him was, uh, was a partnership and whatever it was we were doing. And suddenly I find myself as a result of that simple practice, uh, bringing adventure and connectedness to lots more things. Mm-hmm. Now, people at work or people that are hearing this will probably think, well, I know, you know, you jackass, you did this thing or that, you know, and I'm sure. not perfect at it, but no, of I can tell you, uh, my experience in life and the experience I bring to life is much better as a result of trying. And, you know, when I fall short, I, you know, I pick up the pieces, I make amends if I need to. And that's really you know,
0: good. I love that practice. It's interesting because what you've just described um, is found in a series of books that I read. There's an author that I enjoy, William Kent Kruger, mm-hmm. and he writes a series. He writes fiction books about a, a character that lives up in uh, <clears throat> northern Minnesota, up around the Boundary Waters area. He's, right. a, he's a sheriff. Right. And there happens to be an Indian reservation uh, adjacent to this community where he sheriffs. Mm-hmm. And the old wise mide from the Indian tribe told him one time that, you know, within every person there are two wolves constantly fighting. One is fear and the other is love, right? Just like what you described. And he said, the one that wins is the one you feed, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Exactly.
0: And so it it is, uh, and I think that quote has been in other places, but they've incorporated it into this yeah kind of this uh Just bring native people's it. philosophy and i think you're absolutely, absolutely right when you man. if
1: you read the bible you read a lot of the buddhist uh um literature or any any deep spiritual literature um uh, you'll find that same concept mm-hmm. i think is that yeah. you're either going to come at it from fear or love and i think right. living in hell is fear that's right. it creates everything hell. scares really you doesn't.
0: everything is fear it
1: is and mm-hmm. and the people are scary and everything is scary and and, and, um, you know, but if you come at it from love, then you end up creating that. So you end up creating right, your own hell or you your own heaven. You kind of leave a wake of right. whatever
0: that is in your path too, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. And you, but, but you create the life that you have, you mm-hmm. create it from that, that place. And so, yeah. um, I don't know how much time we have, but we've got a few
0: minutes left, man. Yeah. But that, that, I love those concepts. I think you're absolutely right about the evolution professionally and personally that they kind of mirror each other. Mm-hmm. And I have seen this, and I, and, and I take great pleasure from watching. And I don't know if I personally have done that. I believe that I have, but it's hard to be, you know, self-critical. I, mm-hmm. I know that I have issues, <laughs> obviously. But I see friends of mine who are also safety professionals who have gone through this evolution. Right. And I'm so proud of them for doing that, you know. And I think it, you know, to, to I think it's the natural path for most people. Mm-hmm. Most people don't get more rigid and more compliance-oriented, hopefully. Right. You know, I think that that's a mistake, personally, I think, you know.
1: Well, I think even OSHA, if you think about it in larger terms, OSHA started off from that right-wrong concept, which is a good way to get started, but it yeah. isn't a way to live, you no. know, and and, um, I don't know much about the Canadian laws, but I was talking to a guy that was a safety professional in Canada. And he talked about, uh, had, they, they have programs that, that their standards are that you have to recognize the hazards and control them. And then they will come in and judge whether or not you right. are
0: doing that more and performance I'm, based yeah, rather than prescriptive. Exactly. They just, They're just make this. this safe,
1: right? Exactly. You figured I, it out, I think
0: that's a better way. And, you know, here are a number of options, resources, Opportunities, different things that you can consider or employ. Yeah. But we're not going to dictate to you how to make this work. Right. And I I personally, it's more challenging. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people just like tell me what to do and I'll just, you know, one, two, three, four. It's prescriptive. I'll do what I'm told. Uh, But it's not the best way, in my opinion. I think, as you said, you know, we are constantly doing risk assessments. We are constantly encountering hazards potentially. And we just have to figure out a way to get done what we're trying to do or live like we're trying to live and deal with those hazards. You right. know, it's interesting. Um, it's a great, it's a great concept, man. And, um, you know, I guess when the people get to be our age, uh, <laughs> you know, that is the natural evolution of things, you know, but I don't know.
1: Well, I have one more story. I'm not sure yeah, it, please. It, it was, uh, it, it was about, uh, it was about professional and, and it kind of brings things back to sustainability and mm-hmm. safety and, and, and this whole concept. And that was that, that, um, um, you know, I, I, well, I'm, I'm hesitating to tell this story because it, it, um, how much time do we have? To, I gotta, <laughs> <We> have, <laughs> I get carried away with the story. We got about six minutes, seven six minutes. minutes. I think I could do it justice in six minutes. Yeah, good. So, um, I was I was in my job and and Airlight is growing the company I work mm-hmm. for is growing and getting bigger and and the responsibility was getting a little more than I could handle and we're looking at you know what what we can do to to improve this. Uh, meanwhile, I, I think I told you the story about uh, Abby that works there. She's our uh, mm-hmm. uh, she she. Uh, I was when I first started with Air Light. I have started these safety committees. And I think I mentioned that in a, in a mm-hmm. previous thing. And and one of the things I did was set up three safety committees, one on each shift. And we set up some key performance indicators for whether or not they were doing a good job. And then we we I got together with with the shift with the uh, production manager at the time. And asked him, I said, I need to put at least one person in charge of at least one of these committees, if not all three of them, that's really going to take it and run with it so that I can point that that's the direction to go, right? Mm -hmm. And he immediately had this young lady in mind. Her name was Abby. Abby. And uh, he said, "Ask Abby." He talked to Abby. She said she she agreed to do it, and she took the the safety committee and she just ran with it. And her key performance indicator scorecard just started going from zero mm-hmm. to up, and the other two shifts like went into the negative numbers, right? They were, sure. and so she just ran with it, and it was really, really incredible. And then. Um, uh and so we were having some success and so finally the other shifts kind of they you know they well we don't have Abby on our ship as <laughs> <laughs> <Right, laughs> you know, right. well go find you and Abby you can right. make this thing happen you he know she's so, out there yeah they're out there find them and so they you know slowly they did and they found some people and they got their scores up really good and and uh and then so uh, that was going on. And then uh, Abby really uh, took a, a liking to the safety profession and made a decision that was her career path. And I didn't, I kind of realized that that was where she was wanting to go. And, and uh, uh, she began to go to some National Safety Council's classes and taking those things and getting certifications from them. And then she found out she could get this degree from Columbus, I think it's Columbus University or mm-hmm. Columbia University. Columbia
0: Southern, I think. Yeah,
1: Columbia Southern, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she, she started working at that. And then it dawned, I had a thought. And those are never good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's like when the phone rings.
1: Right. The thought was, she's trying to take your job. And I was like, oh my, Uh that's bad. You know? And so the fear comes up. So now Mm -hmm. I'm coming from fear. Right. right? Right. And I started to go there. I started to go, you know, I got to. Push her back in her lane. She's got a, you know, right. this guy, she's she's trying to take my job, and and I actually talked to a couple of people, and they go, yeah, you need to shove her back in her lane, so you can always find allies, mm-hmm. right? That will that will push on your bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but I was fortunate that I have a really good friend, a guy named Scott, and I mentioned this to Scott, I was talking to him about it. And he said, well, maybe there's another way to look at that. Maybe if you looked at her as a partner, which we mentioned earlier, maybe if the two of you guys joined up, and you approached it from that place, uh, partnering, that's Mm -hmm. a love kind Mm -hmm. of a thing, right? Mm -hmm. That maybe you could create something really enormous. And I thought, well, hell yeah, and that would, that would, you know, this job has gotten so big, I can't really do it. Uh, And so uh, meanwhile, I was, I was wanting to do more with environmental, which brought me to kind of this Mm -hmm, whole topic. mm -hmm. And so I presented that to my boss that, that maybe I could take on the environmental sustainability Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. things that we need to be paying more attention to uh, in my job and hire someone to help manage safety at this larger plant. And, uh, and they were like thumbs up with it. And everybody kind of saw the writing on the wall that Abby wanted to do this. She mm-hmm. was really good at it. She was a great asset to the company. And so that was kind of a career path for her. So we created that. And so she and I are just really, really good partners. And the scorecard now, actually, for all three of those shifts, I got them. And, and me, and when I was doing it and she was kind of helping out, uh, we got them up into the 80s, and I could just never break through the 80s. Mm-hmm. We just couldn't get that. So now that she's running it, they're 100%, been 100% all year. Really? <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. So, yeah. But so, that's
0: given you an opportunity to get into these other areas, explore eg- some of these other exactly. challenges. Exactly, and
1: we've been able to really create some really good stuff for Airlite. It's freed mm-hmm. me up to do some really good stuff in sus- the way of sustainability, uh, and you know, we're kind of growing a, a group there, a committee there, to try mm-hmm. to to make us the uh, most socially responsible a sustainable producer of Mm -hmm. our products that's available to our customers Mm -hmm. is essentially what, Mm -hmm. what we want to be. And, uh, uh, and we're the plastic industry. So we're the redheaded stepchild of environmental. I mean, we, we, you can't really find a, Mm -hmm. um, um, a more disliked, (laughs) (laughs) I suppose, oil, Oil, you know, yeah, but yeah, but we're right up there with them. Yeah. Um, but I, that gives me great joy because it's like, if I'm going to improve something, that's the place to be, yeah. right? If you're going to – people need the plastic. They need to do this. So right. how can we turn this thing around? How yeah. can we make this a good thing? And so we're doing that, and the owner of the company is totally committed to that. That's it's fantastic. Obvious, so, yeah. But it
0: is interesting how there was that moment where you were fearful, yeah, and fear kind of creeps in, you know, with the two wolves are fighting, and yep. the fear kind of takes the lead in that. And if you feed the fear, it becomes this weird paranoia, and all of a sudden, and you just – you know, well, imagine you the it.
1: story. Imagine the story. What would have happened if I would have gone with that story, found my allies, and I'd driven mm-hmm. Abby mm-hmm. off the chart, had pushed her back in her lane, right. uh, so to speak. Uh, maybe she goes somewhere else and finds a good job and does right. whatever, and maybe yeah, that's all fine for her. But what would that have created? It would not have created anything beautiful. It would not have created anything I would have been proud of. Right. You know? Right. Um, and airlight
0: is worse for it as well. Because yeah, obviously. Nothing
1: good comes of it.
0: You know, in partnership, you're doing something fantastic. And when there's that fissure where you have that division, there's always problems. Right, you know?
1: right.
0: And it's interesting. I have had managers over the years that were threatened by their underlings' successes, yeah. I think, or wanted to take credit for them, uh, which is challenging as the underling, you know? I mean, yeah. and so and so from both sides, there is a fear element, I think, that, always that sometimes pushes itself to the front
1: Here's something that i've always found to be true is that when somebody's doing something that you can't explain it's because they're coming from fear they mm-hmm. got some story in their head that you're not seeing right and they're operating from a completely rational place with regard to that story being true mm-hmm. it's not true they don't know it's not true but they're right. coming from a place where it's true and they're doing some weird crap that you don't understand being a jackass in some way that but it's because they're coming right. from fear somehow.
0: Usually, yeah, that's interesting.
1: I know that's when I'm that way. <laughs> yeah, it's because that's where I'm coming from. Me
0: too. So no doubt. Yeah, I had my, my buddy Steve, the guy that I used to go um, canoeing with when we'd go up to the up to the provincial park up in Canada. He used to have this old saying, you know, and it was more in jest. But we mock what we don't understand. Yeah. We typically fear what we don't understand, oftentimes, and you know, that uh, sometimes allows that to push to the front. <laughs> and kind of push that love thing to the side, you know, and then you have to make a concerted effort. You have to have a little beeper go off on your phone to remind you. Yeah. Don't, don't give into that.
1: Yeah. That's a, if I didn't have that going off every couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> if you're sending out some hateful emails. To, yeah. I would. Yeah. At least it's curtailed a couple. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's
0: fantastic. So. Well, so um, the name of the organization again is, is Pachamama Alliance. And so we're going to put some information on the episode notes, uh, if people are interested and they want to donate, I am interested. I would like to donate to the okay. cause. I think it sounds fantastic. All right. Um, maybe, I don't know if it's possible, but after the race, when you come back, if you've got some pictures or you want to tell the story, oh,
1: well, yeah, here's the rest of this. So if you do, if you sign up and make a contribution, I'll get your name there. I think I get your name on the list, but I will, anybody that I know that's contributing to it, I'm going to send out a regular email as I'm working out, um, and what I'm doing. Um, I'm, I have a, actually, I have a website, uh, that maybe I'll just post things there and send link to it okay but if you want to follow me as i'm getting ready uh you can and then when i'm there whenever i have an opportunity to upload pictures and describe it and little stories i'll write and send fantastic. out so you can uh if you make a contribution then i'll put you on that list and you can follow me through the whole event
0: that sounds that sounds fantastic man right. we'd love to and uh so we've already confirmed that you're eating the live grub <laughs> And drinking the chicha or whatever both. it is I'll on do both. Both. Okay, both man. you, you got to get the full
1: experience.
0: <laughs> I don't want any like, you know, yeah. northern experience. I want to, I want the real deal. Yeah, so. We're gonna
1: blowtorch that that grub. <laughs> Sounds
0: fantastic. Um Thank you very much for sharing that. It's Bye. exciting. I envy you your um, your curiosity and your desire for adventure. I'm not a particularly adventurous guy. And so I've always been envious of people that have that spirit. That's yeah. fantastic.
1: You bring a lot of joy. You bring you bring your thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got my thing all right. I bring that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, but, we don't want to uh, see your thing. I, 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 no, absolutely not. You don't. Um, I think, you know, I would encourage everybody to take a look at the website, donate if it moves you to do so, mm-hmm. um, and then follow Jim on the adventure, and we'll get an update afterwards. You can come back yeah. and tell us yeah, about tell the race about and how it went. And this evolution of the safety professional is is a real thing. And I've seen it. You've seen it. We've both experienced it. Um, I think that if you are new to the the field, that this is something that you can anticipate with some pleasure because right. it's going to happen for you if you allow it. So yeah. I think that's it. Cam, I think we're done, man. Um, everybody have a great weekend. Keep doing what you're doing. This is important work. So can continue to do this on behalf of your charges and uh, we'll talk to you next week thanks everybody
1: A Huda media production